Jesus is the Son of God. Today on Rooted Daily, we're going to see why that is such good news. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and throughout his gospel, Mark is working to prove one thing to us. Jesus is the Son of God. Matthew wrote primarily to the Jews. Luke wrote to give proof of the gospel. He takes the story into the courtroom. John writes to us as an eyewitness. And so if I had to try to find one reason why we have the Gospel of Mark when the other Gospels have more information, they're longer. It's because Mark was writing primarily to people who don't know God, who've never known God. They've not grown up in a, a synagogue or a Sunday school. They're hearing about who this God of the Jews is for the first time. But we'll see that doesn't mean that he ignores the past, the history, the Old Testament, because even though he's writing to people who probably never read it, and they certainly haven't lived under it, the Old Testament still serves an important purpose, just like it does for Christians today. Even though we haven't lived under the Old Testament, it serves a purpose for us because it shows that from the moment we were created, God had a plan for us. And that plan always culminated in the Son. That's why Mark leaves us no confusion about who Jesus is. In fact, the issue of Jesus' identity was the main reason for his gospel. And here in chapter 1, starting in verse 9, we see that reaffirmed for us. He starts in verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth and Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So remember, John is out here calling for the people to repent and be baptized. He's paving the way for Jesus, like a, a civil engineer paves the way for highways and roads. And Jesus comes to him and asks John to baptize him. What a, an encounter that must have been. He's lowered into the water. And when he rises up, imagine this scene that Mark describes. Heaven tears open. The spirit comes down and he hears his father's voice. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That is stunning. And it's the first thing in this gospel that Mark does to prove who Jesus really is. In the most basic sense, Jesus is God's beloved son. Now, remember that Mark was probably writing to people who didn't have a ton of Old Testament knowledge, but he does reference it. And in the Old Testament, this uh, description of Jesus as a son is used in two different ways to tell us two different things about him. And the first way this description is used is Jesus is the son of man. Now, most of the time when you read this out of the 69 times in the Old Testament, it's not talking about the Messiah, but humanity in general. We are all sons of men. It's a reminder that we're dependent on God and we are mortal, we're human. But the most important use of this term, son of man, in the Old Testament was in Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 13. Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days, and was presented before him. 
and he was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. Revelation tells us that Jesus is the one who has been given dominion and glory and a kingdom. And so the Son of Man here in Daniel is Jesus. So think about that. Most of the time this phrase is stressing the humanness of something. The Son of Man is human. And that's the case when it's used for Jesus too. It stresses his humanity. But according to Daniel, it's undeniably also tied to his glory and power and dominion. Jesus was fully human, but being human didn't take away anything from him, his power, dominion, or deserved glory. And when we get to the New Testament, uh, the phrase Son of Man's used 89 times in the context of all of them does stress the humanity of Jesus. And in Mark's gospel, only Jesus uses the term for himself. No one else calls Jesus the Son of Man in Mark's gospel. And the Jews knew it was a title for the Messiah, but the way Jesus used it didn't mesh with their expectations of the Messiah. They expected a Messiah who would conquer their enemies and rule and reign, as the scripture I read in Daniel would suggest. And in other places, they prophesied that. They expected the Son of Man to be more of the glory and honor and power type and less like the mortal human type. As a human, Jesus was born like any other human being. He suffered human diseases and sicknesses, perhaps. He experienced human accidents and injuries. He was a carpenter's son. He was working in the shop. He had human emotions. He was tempted like humans. And ultimately, he died like any other human. Yet still, he was accorded all glory and power and dominion. So that's the first way this, this title of son is used in the Bible. Jesus is the son of man. And the second way this is used is remarkable. Jesus is also the son of God. He is the beloved and only begotten son of the father. Now, of course, this isn't talking about a traditional sense of a human father and a human son. God did not mate with Mary and together produce a son. Uh, and in no sense did God the son ever have an ultimate beginning. He didn't not exist at some point in eternity past. He is fully God and God is eternal. He did, however, have a human beginning. And that's why I see this title of Son of God making sense. It's descriptive of his entrance in human form in time and place. It's not a term of inferiority to the Father or the Spirit. In fact, the term Son of God was meant to infer the total deity, the, the divinity of Jesus. You cannot read the Gospel of Mark and come out of it guessing if Jesus knew who he was and the people around him eventually recognized who he was the fully divine Son of God. Mark proclaims Christ's deity in the very first verse of his gospel, saying that the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Twice in Mark, in chapter 3, verse 11, in chapter 5, verse 7, demons identify him as the Son of God upon sight. In chapter 14, verse 61, in Jesus' trial before the council prior to his crucifixion, the chief priest pointedly asked Jesus, are you the Christ? which means Messiah, the son of the blessed. And Jesus replied, yes, I am, causing the high priest to tear his garments and accuse Jesus of blasphemy. And finally, at the cross, after watching Christ's death, then the sun's eclipse, 
and the forgiveness of sin, Jesus' loving care for his mother, how Jesus prayed after seeing all of this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. After that, a Roman executioner confesses truly, this was the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God, took on human flesh. He became fully man. He fully identified with us as humans while remaining perfect and in perfect fellowship with his Father. He was not just God with us, which is what the name Emmanuel means, but God with us as one of us, perfectly understanding us. But why is that important to know? It's not just to add minutia to your brain. Every doctrine, every command, every injunction, every story in the Bible is designed not just to teach us things, but to help us to know God better, to challenge us to live for him with greater love and commitment. And that's what Mark shows us here. Jesus is the son. So live your life for him. When we fully embrace that truth, it turns our lives upside down. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent and be baptized and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.